Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Before we read that passage, I just want to make a clarification. Last week I was reading through the text in chapter 9, and I came to the word O.C., and I've said by mistake that's Isaiah. I know better than that. <laughs> and later I realized I had, not, had made that mistake, but I went on. But that was Hosea and not Isaiah, and later it speaks of Isaiah. But uh, in case you were wondering about that, one of the few mistakes you know I made, but <laughs> you have to admit them when you make them. No, there's a whole lot of mistakes I make. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, following your Bibles as I read. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart who shall descend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, had they not heard? Yea, yes, verily, their sound went unto all the earth, and their words unto the ends of, of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? Uh, first Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is, is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. Let's pray. Father, give enablement today to bring the message, and may it be clear to everybody that we need righteousness, which we do not have. Nobody has righteousness of their self. We need it, and only you can provide it. And I thank you, Lord, that if we've trusted Jesus as our Savior, we are accepted in the Beloved because we have Jesus' righteousness applied to our account. And if there's anyone here today who has never trusted you as their Savior, may we make that clear to them today, and may they come to know you before it's too late. Work in hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you a question. 
How good do you have to be to get to heaven? That question has been asked by many people down through the ages, and sometimes it's, 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 or it's audibly stated, how good do you have to be to get to heaven? I had that question asked me the other day, and sometimes it's just a question thought in the mind. I had someone ask me the other day, do you have to be 85 86%, or what is the percentage you have to be good in order to get to heaven? That was a great opening because I was able to share with them the gospel from that question. So many people think that, that they are going to make it to heaven because they have determined they have enough merit to make it. And so they believe they're going to get to heaven because they've been good enough. But heaven is something that we don't, is a place that we do not attain unto because we are good. My wife and I were watching a, 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 an old western the other, day, other night, and in that western, this older, fo- the older person was six. She was laying in the bed, and her little granddaughter came in to talk to her, and she was trying to encourage the little granddaughter because the granddaughter got the sense that this lady was going to die. And she left the, the grandmother's bed, and she walked on, and I think she talked to her mother, I believe it was, and she said, she said is Grandma going to go to heaven? And then that person answered like this. They said, yes, heaven's made for people like her. That is such a bad answer. That is not true. That's the wrong answer because it implies that if you are better than the average person, that you'll make it to heaven. But that is not true. So how good do you have to be to get to heaven? Well, the psalmist gives us really what what it takes to get to heaven if you're talking about goodness. In Psalm 24, it says this, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? And here's the answer. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. I ask you today, does anybody here meet that qualification? Do you have clean hands and a pure heart? Pure means no imperfection. It says this, you have not lifted up your soul into vanity. Can anybody here say that you've never been involved in anything that's vain, anything that's worthless? You cannot say that, I'm sure. And then it says, nor sworn deceitfully. Have anybody here told a lie? And I'm sure everybody has to say that you, that you have. So according to Psalm, chapter, Psalm 24, then none of us would qualify because we don't have clean hands and we don't have pure hearts and we've never, uh, we've never, uh, we haven't been a person who's never told a lie or anything like that. We don't qualify. In order to get to heaven, you must be perfect. How good do you have to be to get to heaven? You have to be perfect. You must be righteous. In chapters 9, 10, and 11, Paul is speaking of Israel. Israel is seen as not having righteousness. They sought it, but they didn't find it. They didn't have righteousness. It was available to them, but they could not obtain it because they sought it not by faith, but by works. They were trying to be righteous, and therefore they were not righteous. You note in this passage how how much Paul emphasizes righteousness. He mentions that word righteousness seven times in the first ten verses. In verse 3, he mentions it three times. In verse 4, he mentions it. Verse 5, he mentions it. Verse 6, he mentions it. And verse 10, he mentions it. 
Seven times he mentions the word righteousness. Paul said his desire for Israel was that they would be saved. But he said they weren't saved because they didn't have righteousness and because they sought it and they, uh, in the wrong way, they're actually ignorant. And the implication is they were ignorant by choice. They were willingly ignorant. They, God was trying to reach them, but they would not obey. They would not listen. And so they did not have righteousness. Now, I want us to say some things about righteousness today. First of all, righteousness is needed. The very fact that Paul mentions it seven times in ten verses shows that it must be very important. We need righteousness. It says that righteousness is needed and it's available, but you have to submit to it. And so righteousness is, uh, is definitely needed. But righteousness is not attained through works. You don't get to be righteous through being better than somebody else. You don't get to be righteous by saying, Lord, I've done so many good things. Oh, yes, I've done some bad, but my good out, far outweighs the bad. Lord, I, I'm, I'm acceptable to you because I've been so good. Nobody's that way. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so righteousness is not attained through works. All religions emphasize works in some way or another except Christianity. Christianity says the way to heaven is through faith. It's not what you do, but it's what Jesus did for you. Faith in Jesus Christ. All the other religions in some way or another emphasize works. They either emphasize works to get to heaven, but some religions deny that there, there is even any sin, you know, that you don't have a sin nature. And they really don't talk about heaven. They talk about you getting to be like God. And so, but any of those attempts of religion to be what they think you, they want to be is all through works, being good. But the Bible says it's not that way. Uh, Paul says it like this. It's not through zeal. Look at verse 2. He says, for I, have, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And knowledge means full knowledge. They don't have full knowledge. They don't truly understand. They have a zeal for God. That means they're zealous. You know, some people say, well, as long as you're sincere. Well, you can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. Let's say that you're sincere or you're, you're zealous about something. Let's say you're deciding to leave Ohio and you're going to go to California. And uh, you're going to take a trip to California. And then you get out on the highway and you don't notice that uh, it says east or west, you just get on this highway, you know you're supposed to take a certain highway to head that way, and you get on the highway and you do what Evelyn and I did years ago. We were going somewhere and we were supposed to go west, I think it was, and she fell asleep and I got on the wrong direction, I went east. And I went several miles east, and then I looked up and this sign said east. I thought, oh my goodness. And I had to turn around, I woke her up and told her, but then we had to head the other way. You know, you can be sincere that you're going the right direction, but if you're on the wrong road, and if you're going the wrong direction, you won't get to where you want to go. And some people are very sincere, they're very zealous, they really want to make it, and they're really sincere in what they're doing, but they don't, don't make it because they're on the wrong road. Acts chapter 26, if you want to turn back there, Acts chapter 26, verse 9, Paul is expressing his zealousness. 
He said, I, Acts 26, verse 9, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelling them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon I was, as I went to Damascus with, with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. And he goes on to tell about his testimony, how he trusted Jesus. You see, Paul was very zealous. He was so zealous that he was putting Christians to, uh, in prison. He was so zealous that he was the one that held the cloaks while they stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr, to death. He consented to what they were doing. He was very zealous because he thought he was right. He also expressed that in the book of Philippians chapter 3. He says in verse 4, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath confidence, that hath whereof that he might trust in the flesh, I more. I was, he's talking about being a Jew and following the Jewish way. Circumcised the eighth day of the, tri- of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin and the Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness, which is the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He realized that he was counting on the wrong thing. He was very zealous, but zeal won't get you to heaven. Also, it's not through human effort. He says in verse 3, I was going about, the Israelites were going about to establish their own righteousness. So they are doing human effort trying to establish their own righteousness. Many people have that in mind. I want to get to heaven, and I think I know what it takes to get there. I've got to do the right things. And so I'll make sure I treat people right. I'll make sure I'm a good neighbor. I'll make sure I tell the truth. I make sure I'm a good dad, I'm a good grandpa, or whatever it might be, I'm a giving person, and they have all these things that they do, and they feel confident that they're doing all right because they're, they want to get to heaven, and they think they, they're going to make it because of all that. But the Lord says it's not through human effort. The Israelites were going about to establish their own righteousness. They, were present, they wanted to present their case. Now, I have to confess a mistake that I've made sometimes. And that is, I've made the statement that, that some people think they're going to make a case before God, but when they get before him, they won't say one thing. I believe that's true in a lot of cases. But I was thinking this week that maybe that's not always true. Because the Lord says in Matthew chapter 7, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? And they start giving their case. The Lord said, many will say. So he, maybe he lets some people talk, but it won't do them any good because they'll present their case and then the Lord will say, depart from me, I never knew you. If you think you're going to go to heaven because of anything that you've done that's been good, you're not going to make it. I often ask that question as I've told you many times. I've asked people the question, uh, why do you think you'll go to heaven? And they very honestly will start telling you the reasons. And they'll start telling you, well, I'm a pretty good person. I always try to treat people right. I go to church. I give. You know, I did this. I I teach Sunday school. You know, they give this whole list. And none of that means anything. 
Should I at the gates of heaven appear to answer the question, what claim hast thou here? The only claim I have is Jesus. That's all. The only reason I'll get to heaven is Jesus, not because of Earl McGuffey, not because of what he's done, not because of any, it doesn't even help. Not one bit does it help that I've pastored for 47 years. doesn't even help. It doesn't help that I've preached Bible messages. As far as getting to heaven, that has nothing whatsoever to do with it. And so a human effort will not make it. It's also not through law observance. Look at verse 5. He says, For Moses ascribeth the righteousness which is the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live in them, by, live by them. If you're going to try to get to heaven by observing the law, keeping the law, you won't make it because nobody has ever done that except one. That's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the only one that ever kept the law. And so you won't get to heaven through law observance. You see, to seek righteousness through this means of trying to earn it, trying to uh, be religious enough and all of that is really uh, just the opposite of what people think it is. The Lord says of Israel that they sought righteousness, but they never got it because they, they would not submit to the righteousness of God. You see, God says, I gave, I'll give you righteousness, but it takes a submission to do that. It takes us submitting to that. And so if you don't trust Jesus as your Savior, you have not submitted to the Lord. You have not agreed with him that you are not worthy to get to heaven. doesn't matter how good you are, you can't make it because you're not good enough. And if you don't agree with that, then you haven't submitted to the Lord. Another thing he says in verse 21, if you don't, if you don't trust Jesus as your Savior, and if you try to establish your own righteousness, you have been disobedient. In trying to be disobedient, you've been disobedient. Look at verse 21. But, but to Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. A gainsaying people means a contrary people. It means a hard-headed people. And so uh, Israel wouldn't trust the Lord. And the Lord tried, tried to work with them, but they would not hear. And they would not trust the Lord. And so you can't be righteous by establishing good things or on your works. Righteousness is attained through faith. That's the only way. Righteousness is attained through faith. Verse 3 says the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is the issue. Not your righteousness, but the righteousness of God. So the only way you can get to heaven is not to have your righteousness. It's to have the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of, of, of God will be accepted by God. And so if you trust Jesus as your Savior, he gives you his righteousness. He imputes that to you. And so when I trusted the Lord as my Savior in Xenia, Ohio, many years ago, when I was 22 years old, and uh, when I trusted the Lord as my Savior, he gave me his righteousness. And I've been accepted by God because of Jesus ever since. Not because of Earl, but because of Jesus. And so right, the righteousness of God is what we must have. And the righteousness of God is available. You can have it. Man has no righteousness. The Bible makes that clear. Romans 3, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 10 and verse 23, there's none righteous, no, not one. That's based on Psalm 14 where it says, The Lord looked down from heaven 
to see if there were any that sought God. There were any that did good. And he said none of them did. No, not one. Nobody is righteousness, is righteous. So righteousness of God is available because you need it. And God wants to give you his righteousness. You see, the law that some people try to work to fulfill was only fulfilled by one person, and that's Jesus. And it says that in verses 4 and 5. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth righteousness, which is the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them, and nobody ever did except Jesus. So Jesus fulfilled the law. And he can give you his righteousness because he died for all of your sins, but you must accept it by faith. So righteousness is attained through faith. God's righteousness comes through our faith. I've often described faith as the hand of the heart that reaches forth to receive. And it's the hand of the heart. Faith is saying to the Lord, I believe and I receive. I believe what Jesus did for me. No message, other message is needed. Verses 6 and 7 describes that. Uh, Notice what it says. For... uh, uh, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down. There's nothing else to do. Don't say that you need to do something. Don't say that you need to bring God down to you. And uh, sometimes people do that, you know, by just a flimsy thing, and they don't exercise faith in Jesus. They just ask Jesus to come into their heart. You You know, come down, Lord, come into my heart. That's not the way to be saved. You'll never find that it's stated in the Scripture, never. And uh, that's not the way for salvation. The way for salvation is to believe what Jesus has already done. You believe on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he was buried for your sins. He rose again the third day. Believe that, and you can be saved. So he says, Say not in thy heart uh, that thou shalt ascend into heaven to bring Christ down. And then verse 7 says, Or... Who shall ascend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead? Christ rose from the grave. Nobody needs to do that. And the message is clear. You must believe what's already been done. That has been done. Jesus Christ came down from heaven, and he came to this earth for the purpose of dying for you. He died on the cross, then he rose from the grave, and the message is available. Look at verse 8. But what saith the word is what what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even thy mouth and thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You must believe. You must receive. And Paul was speaking to people who knew this. They had heard this, and that day, you know, the Jews had heard this message uh, because Paul had been spreading this message, and they've heard it. And he said, "You've already heard the gospel. All you need to do is believe it." We must believe that message. It's interesting that the Bible says this this, uh, belief involves submission, as I mentioned a while ago in verse 3. Submit. And so if you ever trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will submit to the Lord. That means you lose your pride and you come to the place where you say, Lord, I am not worthy. And I don't think anyone is ever saved until they're brought down and they're humbled and admitted that Jesus died for my sins. What does that say when you say that? When you say that Jesus died for my sins, and I believe that, you're saying that you are so bad. You are so wicked. Your sin is so much that it took Jesus dying for you on the cross of Calvary. 
Think of all he went through on the cross. Think of all that suffering that he endured. Why did he do that? For your sins and for mine. We are that bad that would take Jesus doing that for us. There is no other way. And so we have to submit to that. You come to the place of humility before the Lord. A proud person will never trust Jesus. A proud person has to be brought down and realize, I am a sinner and I deserve to go to hell, but Jesus paid for my sins and I thank him for that and I believe that he did that. You will submit. It involves faith in that message, the message that Jesus died for you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 are very famous verses, are familiar verses. It says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. I don't believe that really means that you confess it before men, even though that's important. But it actually says that if thou shalt confess Jesus as Lord. Jesus as Lord. You see, before you're saved, you have to come to the place that you realize that Jesus is God. He is deity. And for the Jews to say Jesus is Lord, that that meant they were saying Jesus is Yahweh or Jesus is Jehovah. That's the very reverence name of the Old Testament. And to say that he is Lord, that meant Caesar's not Lord, nobody else is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And you come to the place when you trust Jesus as your Savior, you will say, you will recognize he is who he claimed to be. He's deity. Jesus is Lord. And then you believe in your heart. God hath raised him from the dead. That implies the death, burial, and resurrection because you don't raise from the dead unless you died and were buried. So you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. That's a very important part of the gospel. You believe that Jesus died for you, that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day, and you trust him, what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. The believing heart will call then on the Lord. The Bible says in... Um, In verse 10, it reverses the order. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. So that's the order really happens in. Verse 9 is the order that we see. A person confesses that Jesus is who he says he is, and they believe in their heart. But what actually happens is you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and you confess that he is. And so he says you believe in your heart, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do you get to heaven? You've got to be righteous. How do you become righteous? It takes faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart, and that will get for you righteousness. And so the Bible says that you have to do that. Now, we talked about the sovereignty of God last week. This chapter emphasizes the responsibility of man. You have to believe. You have to trust. God doesn't believe for you. He demands that we do that, and we must believe. And the Bible says in verse 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you believe in your heart, and the the response is you call out to the Lord. Every believing heart calls to God. Every believing heart admits to God who he is and trusts Jesus as his Savior now, you don't have to do that audibly. You can call from the heart. I'm glad I can call from the heart, aren't you? I mean, aren't most of your prayers silent prayers? 
you're driving down the road or something comes to your mind. Maybe you're just walking and something comes to your mind and you ask the Lord about it. Aren't you glad you can do that? That you don't have to stop and get down on your knees and pray. You can just talk to the Lord. And you call out with your heart. So a person, when they're saved, realizes that they're a sinner. Jesus died for them. He paid for their sins. They believe that and they call unto him and he saves them. And you have been saved if you call upon the Lord. It's interesting, the many verses that speak of righteousness coming by faith. Let me mention just some of them. Romans 3, 22, the righteousness of God which is by faith. Romans 4, 3, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Belief and then righteousness. Romans 4, 5, to him that believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. If you're going to be righteous, you must believe. If you're going to go to heaven, you have to have, must have righteousness, and the only way to get it is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 9.30 says, The Gentiles attain to the righteousness which is of faith. Galatians 5.5, 5, we, we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And so over and over again, the Lord equates, or puts the two together. Righteousness comes through faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says, Noah became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And so if you're going to go to heaven, you have to have righteousness. How do you attain righteousness? It must come through faith. So you have to ask yourself, has there been that time in my life when I came to realization that I do not deserve heaven, that I'm not good enough to get to heaven, that I'm a lost sinner, and my sin is overwhelming me to, into the sense that I know I can't make it on my own. And if I want to go to heaven, I have to believe what Jesus did for me. And so my faith goes back to the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, and I believe what happened on that cross. Jesus paid for my sins, and I put my faith and trust in what he did for me. So righteousness must, must come through faith, and only can, can only come through faith. And I guarantee you, as verse 11 says, if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will not be ashamed. And that means disappointed. You won't be disappointed. I've never met a person who's truly saved that says they're sorry they ever got saved. I mean, if you won't be disappointed. I remember I made that profession when I was a kid but didn't really know what I was doing, and later I trusted the Lord as my Savior and there came a peace that I had never experienced before. I had all these doubts and all these fears, and I didn't want to die because I thought I'd go to hell, and I had all those fears. But the one moment I trusted Jesus as my Savior, He has never disappointed me. He gave me peace that passes all understanding, and I know for sure I'm going to heaven. Because I'm good? No. But because Jesus paid for all my sins. And when I accept Him, He gives me His righteousness and God will accept me because he'll accept his son. He'll accept the righteousness of his son. And so he'll accept me because I trust Jesus as my Savior. Now, another thing about righteousness. Righteousness must be made known by preaching. Now, preaching doesn't mean what I'm just exact, necessarily what I'm doing today. I'm preaching. But preaching means to proclaim the truth. It's proclaimed. You proclaim a message. So you can preach 
and I can preach. We all who know Jesus Christ and our Savior can preach the word. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. We can do that. Everybody can do that. But here's what it, what it says, verse 14. He says, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? You can't call to the Lord unless you believe on the Lord. And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? Unless you heard the message, you can't believe the message. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they, how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, I believe the sent there is not sent by the church. It's sent by the Lord. You remember Isaiah, he said, uh, the Lord said to him, uh, who, who shall go for me? Well, let me see, Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Uh, the Lord said to Isaiah, whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Who sins? God sends. If you trust Jesus as your Savior, you become a witness. And God sends you. And you send to somebody. And so, and the Lord sends you. And he sends you to do what? Proclaim the message. You proclaim the message, somebody hears the message. Somebody hears the message and they believe the message. And so that has to happen to every soul. I've said it so many times. There is a message that must be believed. The gospel is not there is an action that you must take. The gospel is there is a message that you must believe. And when you believe that message, the gospel message, you are saved. And so it's very important to understand that. And the Lord says if you proclaim the message, guess what you have? You have beautiful feet. Now, some of you might question that. You know, all these advertisements on, on TV about fungi nail and all that stuff. Sometimes our feet don't look the best. And, uh, but the Lord says if you proclaim the message in God's eyes, he sees you have beautiful feet. Why? Because your feet are taking the gospel to somebody else. Now, we have beautiful feet if we share the gospel with other people. And uh, our missionaries have beautiful feet because they go to other lands to share the gospel. As long as they're doing what God sent them to do, they have beautiful feet. And we need to ask ourselves, are our feet beautiful? Do we obey the Lord by sharing the gospel with other people? And so we must share the gospel. And the way for people to become uh, saved and to attain righteousness, they have to hear that message that comes through preaching. Then I'd like to close with this last thing I want to say about righteousness. And that is righteousness is God's desire for everybody. You see, God wants everybody to be righteous. Why is that? Because he wants everybody to go to heaven. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look at verse 18 in this passage. He says, but I say, have they not heard? Speaking of Israel, yes, they have heard. Yes, verily, their sound went out into all the earth and to the ends of the, uh, into the, their words into the ends of the world. Quoting Psalm 19, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the creation is God's testimony to everybody. There is a God, He's a good God, and He's a great God, and creation tells you that. And I believe if you respond to that message, you will also get some other light from the Lord, and eventually the Lord will send you the gospel. And so, yes, they've heard. He says in verse 19, Israel should know because the Lord used Gentiles. Gentiles heard the same thing that Israel did, and they received him. And Israel had all this background, all this, this uh, that the Lord had done for them. 
and they would not receive the Lord. They disobeyed the Lord. They wouldn't. But God takes the gospel of the Gentile who's never heard all this that Israel has heard, and they receive Christ as their Savior. In other words, Israel has no excuse. Notice what he says in verse 21. But to Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. That tells me God wants everybody to be everybody to be saved. Sure, God is sovereign, but man is responsible. And that's and some of that we don't understand. It doesn't all fit in our mind, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to. All we have to do is believe what God says. God says He is sovereign, but God also says you are responsible. And if you go to hell, it'll be your fault, not God's fault. And God said to Israel, all day long I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and a gainsaying people. They could be saved, but they would not be saved. Everybody can be saved if they'll believe the gospel. You must believe the gospel. And so it reminds us of Ezekiel chapter 33. In Ezekiel chapter 33, the Lord says, Verse 11, say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? God pleads with Israel, and he pleads with you. If you're one today who has never trusted Christ as your Savior, you've been putting it off, putting it off, The Lord says, I call unto you, and I say, live, but you won't live. And you make the decision not to trust Jesus as your Savior. You never know when the Lord might say, all right, that's it. And you start to go home, and you don't get home. Something happens, and you don't make it. We never know when that will take place. We do know that right now, the Lord says, today is the day of salvation and God says today is the day of salvation for because, because for a lot of people there will be no tomorrow. You need to trust the Lord today. As you know, I like to write poetry every once in a while. And I was thinking of this message, and so I wrote this down. It sort of sums it all up. Righteousness is what we need to stand before the Lord. We'll never enter heaven based on good deeds we have scored. Keeping rules and regulations, being kind, loving, and more, will all fall short of helping us enter sweet heaven's door. How can we who are unworthy have the righteousness that we need? It comes through faith in Jesus who died on Calvary. Righteousness we all must have, earning it we never can. It's a gift that God imputes to every believing man. He paid the price for all our sins when he died on Calvary then rose victorious from the grave so he could set us free. Friend, you can have righteousness, not your own, but so much more, the righteousness of Jesus given to you by our Lord. Just believe what Jesus did when he died and rose again, and you will be accepted and welcomed into heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us that we need righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that if we trusted Jesus, we have the righteousness that is needed, and it's, faith, it's the righteousness of, by faith, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that there's one here today who has never received Christ, that today they will do that before it's too late. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.